Forgiveness and reconciliation are taught throughout the entire Bible. There are over 100 references teaching about this concept and many differing opinions. This makes forgiveness an important topic to discuss. Let's get started right away. Greater than I acknowledged my sin to you, and I did not cover my iniquity, I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord, and you forgave the iniquity of my sin, Psalms 32 5. The first thing we need to understand about forgiveness is that it applies to both God and people. Whenever we disobey God, our relationship is hurt. If we continue to rebel without repenting of our sin and seeking forgiveness, our communication with God is fractured. This psalm makes it clear that forgiveness begins with an acknowledgement of wrongdoing. The psalmist declares that he sinned against God. When he confessed this sin, the Lord forgave his iniquity. Therefore, forgiveness is a two-way system. It is conditional upon the person repenting or making restitution to the one offended. For example, if someone gossips about you, they have committed a sin against you. Now, they have the opportunity to reap in of gossiping, confess it to you and ask for forgiveness. If they do so, you as a Christian have an obligation to grant them forgiveness every time. However, if the person continues to gossip and refuses to stop, they are not repenting. Since they are not repenting, your relationship with them can't be restored. How can you restore a relationship with someone who habitually gossips about you to others? Even if you decide to unconditionally forgive them in your heart so you don't become bitter, it still doesn't change the fact that they are sinning against you. I want to be clear that forgiveness is not just an emotional idea. Forgiveness is contractual, relational, and binding upon more than one party. Oftentimes, forgiveness is presented as this emotional state where you should just forgive, even if the person refuses to do so. Like I said before, you can forgive in the heart, but forgiveness deals with restoration. How can you be restored to an unrepentant offender? This may sound shocking, but Christian forgiveness is conditional. Yes, I know while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Yes, I understand that he who knew no sin became sin for us so that we might receive the righteousness of God. I understand the notion of unlimited forgiveness. And I absolutely agree. We should always be willing to forgive, no matter what. But keep in mind, God doesn't forgive everybody. Otherwise, there would be no hell. If God granted forgiveness to unrepentant sinners, this would lead to universalism the notion that all people will end up being saved. But this is not a biblical concept. Let me explain. Greater than if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness, 1 John 1 9. This verse states that if we confess our sins, then God will forgive us of our sins. The sentence structure here is conditional. There must be an action from us to be sorrowful over our sins. The Bible teaches that godly sorrow leads to repentance and salvation, but worldly sorrow leads to death. Therefore, only when we acknowledge and confess our wrongdoing will God forgive, purify, and restore us. Theologians who argue for unconditional forgiveness often cite this verse, but it needs to be understood in its proper context. Let's read it together and analyze what Scripture is teaching. Greater than then Peter came and said to him, Lord, how often shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him? Up to seven times. Jesus said to him, I do not say to you, up to seven times, but up to seventy times seven, Matthew 18 21. Peter thinks there is a limit to the amount of times we should forgive others. Jesus makes it clear that we should forgive any time someone asks for it. Forgiveness is unlimited here, but it is not unconditional. The context of Matthew 18 makes it clear. In this story, there was a king who forgave one of his servants. This servant was not able to pay the king back. The servant pleaded with the king to be patient until he could get the money. The king was gracious and decided to cancel the debt and let him go. When that servant was forgiven, there was another person who owed that same servant money. 
Unfortunately, the servant was not kind and gracious towards the man like the king was to him. He was impatient and punished the man who owed him money, even though the man said the same thing, please be patient with me, and I will pay you back. This last statement is important because it shows one who is willing to repent. The man was going to pay the king and servant back, but he just needed some time to do so. Similarly, we may not be able to pay our sin debt, for it is too great. However, if we plead with God and repent to our best effort, God will still forgive us. Greater than our righteousness is not found in what we do, but it's found in trusting in Jesus. Greater than. Greater than tweet. So this story does show a heart of repentance. The story illustrates how Christians should be unlimited in how often they should forgive. Anytime someone asks, we should forgive. But this doesn't mean forgiveness is unconditional. It doesn't say, the servant refused to pay the money back, but the king decided to forgive him anyway. This is an important point. It's the attitude that matters here. If we don't repent of our sins, if there is no desire, no turning from wrongdoing, God is not obligated to forgive us. In fact, He can't. Our free will restricts us from receiving the pardon God wants to give us. I believe God desires to extend His mercy and grace to all. In John 3:16, God makes it clear He died for the sins of the whole world. I believe that He died not just for the elect, but for everyone. However, not everyone is forgiven because it requires restoration. Restoration can't happen without both parties agreeing to the contract. Greater than who is a God like you, pardoning iniquity and passing over transgression for the remnant of His inheritance. He does not retain His anger forever, because He delights in steadfast love. He will again have compassion on us, He will tread our iniquities underfoot. You will cast all our sins into the depths of the sea, Micah 7 18-19. God does not hold our sins against us forever. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us of all our sins. He is a compassionate and gracious God to us. As you can see from the book of Micah, God is eager to forgive. But without turning from sin, God can't forgive because sin causes a division within the relationship. Moreover, God delights in forgiveness because one of His chief attributes is love. Love is a powerful weapon against hate. Love is what wins people over to the goodness of the Lord. Even though the Lord has every right to punish us for our transgressions, His mercy and grace is just as limitless as His love. Let's be clear though. We don't keep sinning because God is loving and forgiving. The Apostle Paul said, Shall we continue in sin so grace may abound? God forbid. We turn from our sins. We reject hatred. We loathe lying, stealing, and covetousness. We run from lust and impurity because of God's great love towards us. If we continue to rebel against God, we will not be saved. The Bible makes this clear. Jesus tells us that many people believe their sins are forgiven, but they are still living unrighteous lives. Jesus makes this clear in Matthew 7:22-23. Greater than many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name cast out demons, and in your name perform many miracles? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you, depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. This is a sobering passage. Professing Christians thought they were serving the Lord. They were singing about the atoning work of Christ and the grace, mercy, and redemption found in the Son, and yet they were not saved. It's because of this, they were practicing lawlessness. What does it mean to practice lawlessness? To deliberately disobey God. Practicing also implies this continual lifestyle of unrepentant sin. An unrepentant lifestyle can't be forgiven. Blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is a refusal to allow the Spirit to work in your life. This sin can't be forgiven. It's because you have a choice to accept God or your sin. You can't have both. If you want to be forgiven, you must repent. If you want to be forgiven, seek reconciliation with God by confessing your sins. 
When you confess with godly sorrow, God is faithful and just to forgive you of all your sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. In conclusion, God is eager to forgive. God is unlimited in His decision to forgive you. If you mess up 1,000 times and authentically struggle, God will see your heart. He will encourage you to keep seeking Him. He will forgive you an unlimited amount. But if you don't want to repent, if you love your sin but still want God, you serve a false God. You can't cherish your sin and expect God to forgive you. Forgiveness is not unconditional. Forgiveness requires obedience. It is conditional upon repentance and faith in Him. Acts 2:38 says we must repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of our sins. When we do so, the Bible says God will give us the gift of the Holy Spirit. This Holy Spirit is conditional upon our faith. When we trust in the Lord and not our own works, we have the right attitude. Even though we do sin, it's contingent upon us to be honest and faithful to the Lord. In the end, God knows who truly loves Him and who is faking. So there is no need to complicate things. Strive for holiness, and when you mess up, confess your sins and be forgiven. If you aren't striving for holiness, well, your sin will find you out. God knows our hearts and He is our ultimate judge. May the Lord be with you. Blessings.